Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. I'm Andy Mitton. I'll be starting the podcast ahead of the Manchester Derby, and Steve Armstrong will be in the Nag Zed in Manchester after the game, speaking to Reds who've been to the match. There's two hours to kick off, and I'm walking up Joe Mercer Way, surrounded by City fans, and there's, um, there's little golf carts offering people a lift to the ground, people who struggle to walk. It's a bit of a trek. City have built their new ground. Well, the council built it. But City have expanded it and built a new stadium next door to it. And a, a very impressive training complex. But I'm walking from the other side by the old gas tower in East Manchester. And I've probably not felt less optimism ahead of a Manchester derby game at any time in my life than today. Not quite as down as I've probably sounded on Thursday night after being United were knocked out of Europe by Liverpool, but really wouldn't be that concerned if this season ended tomorrow. But it's not going to end tomorrow. And the optimist in me still thinks that United have got half a chance of finishing in the top four, or at least in the top six. And United is still in the FA Cup, with a FA Cup six-round replay at a decent West Ham side. I'm walking past four concrete letters, MCFC, and there's people, city employees stood on them. You can call the city playmakers, and you can stop and have your picture taken. I'm not going to be doing that. I'm walking over the canal, I think it's the Ashton Canal, and there's three ducks. It's quite a serene scene because it's a beautiful day. And just beyond the canal is the Etihad campus, which is the name for the Metrolink stop. You can see that City being here has helped regenerate this part of Manchester. And that metro line goes out and heads east towards the hills. There's a kiosk selling programmes for the game. And it includes covers of past great Manchester City programmes going back to the time when well there's Colin Bell on there there's a time when City were in the second and even third division there's what else have we got here there's some some graphically some of them look quite impressive oh there's Steve McMahon on one of them I always remember McMahon playing in that game in 1995 I think when City thought they'd done enough to stay up but got the score wrong and went down. These amusing things don't tend to happen as much to City as they, as they used to. Uh, although I've said that I'm not optimistic, I, I've spoken to City mates and, and neither are they. They don't think United are particularly good but they've not been, not had a great season. I read a statistic that Southampton and Bournemouth had picked up more points than City since September. And that's clearly not good enough for them. They know the manager's going to change. The Blues are no tell me that Mangala has been an expensive flop. That Jesus Navas is inconsistent. Uh, and Bobbins, that um, David Silver is inconsistent. So we will see. But whatever they say is still going to not increase my optimism for the game. There's a man walking past with a half and half scarf on. I can't get that. There are kids playing... Uh, tennis and basketball really good idea actually little little blues being uh, going to the game and being involved in a, a sporting activity there's something called a chanting booth hashtag start stunning and it asks you to create the most stunning chant ever might go in and sing and if you are a City fan see if, see if that wins me any prizes um, you're probably going to dare me to go up to a blue like I went up to that Liverpool fan who said he'd rather sell his liver than speak to me. I'll see if I can find an appropriate blue. Let me just weigh, weigh up that. There's a police helicopter above because not everyone wants to come today to, um, to do sporting activities with children before the game. There's always an, a risk of trouble. And United have got lads, City have got lads. Um, sure we've arranged to, to meet each other. I'm now stood in front of the city store 
where names of former blue legends are, are on the window. Colin Bell, Sergio Aguero, Bert Troutman, the great Bert Troutman. I once went to interview him. What a man, what a story. Um, Franny Lee, there's a flag United fans have for him. Um, Bell Bums Lee, something like that. Franny Lee, I think he lives in America and, uh, and gets all upset. No, he doesn't. That's one of the other ones. He gets all upset when he gets abuse from United fans on Twitter. And Paul Dickoff, back to the days when City went down to the third division and came up via a playoff game at Wembley in May 99 when United had just won the, the, the treble. The gap between the teams was considerable then. It's shrunk considerably since. Going past another man with a half and half scarf on. There's a screen and there's something called the, the Star Bar and the Summerby Bar. And there's a load of people having a beer and watching a screen with Come On City written on it. So you can see this whole area. The idea for City is that people gather here. I can see on one level it works, um, but I quite liked what football was. People are going to pub before the match, and this, this, is, this is good for City, but it's slightly Disneyfied. You don't see any fanzine sellers here. I know that Dave Wallace is still editing King of the Kipax and, and good for them for carrying on going but I doubt he'd be able to sell on Clubland here walking past something called The Blue Zone by EA Sports there's loads of little blues playing on computer games in there and then um, I'm, I'm surrounded by blues see there's a fella here right? he's got a Blue Moon t-shirt on he's clearly a City fan he doesn't look like a tourist at his first game and he's wearing a half and half scarf. Why, why, why would you want Manchester United when you're a Manchester City fan as half your scarf? Um, I'm right at the stadium now, which they've decorated it quite smartly on the outside. It shows images of the club throughout the stages of their history. So 1923, the club moved to the 85,000 capacity main road in 1934. City won the FA Cup. 1994, got hammered 5-0 by United, that type of thing. 1937, Manchester City won the league championship for the first time. I think they won another league title um, in 68, and, um, which put them one behind Huddersfield. 1966, uh, Colin Bell is regarded as Manchester City's greatest ever player. He signed in 1966, 68 league champions, like I just said. I'm going to walk behind the stage now, towards the United end. Um, the stage, there's probably six or 700 people in front of the stage, and there's all sorts of blueness going on on that stage. I think they have bands on there. Uh, to my left is the ticket collection point. Today's fixture is sold out, future sales only. So City increased the capacity of their ground this year to 54,000. They added another tier of seats behind the goal. And there was a lot of um, knocking from United fans, empty seats, all that sort of stuff. And I tweeted at the start of this season, I said, City will move into the top 10 in world football this year for average home attendances. And I got loads of replies saying they can't sell the ground out, etc., etc. That tweet is going to be true because their average is 54,000. The lowest crowd is 53,000. And like it or not, they are filling that extra tier for league matches. And they'll probably build another tier which will knock the capacity up to 60,000. And now they have had to work hard to fill it, granted, by offering... Uh, discounted tickets and reduced price season tickets. I don't think anything's wrong with that if, if they're City. Um, I'm now outside a small football pitch. This is quite brilliant actually. There's a load of City, disabled City supporters playing football, part of City in the community. And there's one, two, three. Three of the lads are on crutches because they've had the bottom half of one of their legs um, amputated. Maybe they're former soldiers, they look quite young lads and they're actually really good at playing football and there's a crowd round watching them and 
I'm, I'm all for initiatives like that. I think it's great that these lads can be involved in active sport and I'm walking away from that now. Around another corner of the stadium which hosted the 2002 Commonwealth Games. I think those games were good for Manchester. I'd even say they were great for Manchester because they sold a lot of tickets, the city centre was spruced up because of them, the profile of the city was helped. All right, it wasn't the Olympics. Maybe going for the Olympics in 96 and 2000 was a little bit ambitious, but if you've not got ambition, then what have you got? And City have certainly been ambitious. I'm walking past one of the towers where the names of City supporters clubs are on it from around the world. County Wicklow, Crewe, Cyprus, Dallas, Denver, Didsbury, Doncaster, Donegal, Dublin, Duckingfield, Dundalk. And the United coach has just turned up with the team on. It's one of the coaches. I can't see if it's United or City yet because they both use the same company. One's already arrived. I reckon it might be City because the crowd is... The crowd, the blues, and they're all holding the phones in the air. I'm just going to try and see who it is. And yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, people like Wilfred Boney have just stepped off. And probably sees a game as a time to relax, give him the, um, his, his busy private life. Um, there's a City fan nearby, the one that you might have seen. Um, with the City Lunchbox. Hello, mate. How do you think City will go on today? It's a derby. Anything can happen. But, you know, anything can happen. How long have you followed City for? Uh, 57, 58 years. I've lost count. Yeah. What's, your, what's your best memory as a City fan in all that time? Oh, I've got a lot of memories. Um, there's, there's so many, you know. I mean, Colin Bell's debut was one, and uh, winning the old First Division title, the FA Cup. And then, and then, of course, there's the more, the more recent uh, things that's happened, you know. Um, I just... Uh, yeah. The only thing is I, I don't like is all... Uh, there's too much money involved in it now, you know. Yeah. It's... Um, it's, it's all going to go tits up before long, it says, because something's going to give. Yeah. I can't uh, see how it can carry on where, where it is, you know. Um, where, where are you from? Are you in Manchester, lad? No, I'm from Blackpool originally, but I live down south now. Yeah? I've lived down south and down London twice and went back back down there again uh, 33 years ago. And I'm... Uh, had a couple of... Uh, had a couple of years over in, in Spain, in Mallorca, but it, things didn't work out, so uh, came back, you know. So you go to all the city games? Uh, as many as I can. Night games from down there is a bit awkward. Unless I do it from Blackpool, like I did the Everton home game this season from Blackpool. Only because it was already paid for on my season card, but it's so expensive. Uh, they used to run a night sleeper from Manchester to London years ago, but they've knocked that off now, so I can't do that. But, it, but uh, as I'm getting older, I'm finding it, I'm finding that I can't bloody hack it just like I used to do, you know. Um, you carry your lunchbox, what's the story behind that? Oh, I keep all my sex toys in there. <laughs> no, everybody wants to know what I have in here. It's only something to read. Okay, and you've got a badge on saying Old Trafford was made for cricket. How has the rivalry changed with United over the years? Uh, well, the violence has stopped. Yeah. Uh, generally, you know, I mean, 20 years ago it was a little bit iffy. I mean, uh, I've never had any problems myself. I don't always wear my colours. But I think a lot of, well, I think a lot of uh, undercover police uh, units have infiltrated a lot and taken down a lot of the firms. And it's a damn sight safer than it used to be, yeah. I mean, there is a rivalry, yeah. A lot of um, uh, local pride at stake. I mean, with a derby, each team wants his team to win, obviously. If it's a draw, well, the point of both sets of supporters happy, but it's the city's advantage that they've got um, home, uh, we're on our, at our ground, you know. Well, like I say, anything can happen with a derby, and, and this is the weakest United team we've played in a long time. Because Wayne Rooney's out and uh, one, or, one or two others are out injured, but but they're going to miss 
but they're going to miss uh, Vincent Company yeah. today. You know. You're obviously blue. You've said it's a weak United side, and yeah. I don't think any United fans would, would, would disagree with that. Are there any United players or United teams that you've, you've respected over the years? Because you know they've been European champions, they've won all the league yeah, titles, well, I mean, twenty of them. The treble. That's about it. You know, I mean, I don't like them obviously, but at the same time, I don't hate them either. I can't stand this. Uh, all this. Um, nastiness about the Munich plane crash yeah. I can't stand anything like that they want the bloody heads boiling yeah. Yeah, I mean they're getting tough on racism they want to stamp on that as well I can have friendly banter with rival fans without being uh, insulting or threatening there's no need for that I've absolutely got apeshit when, when that happened I can't stand anything like that wishing somebody dead over a game of football I mean I'm 70 years old I'm 70 years old and I was at school when um, the Munich plane crash happened in 1958, and I remember seeing. Yeah, Guys, can you just move off the side, yeah. please? And I, and I remember um, uh, seeing a picture of newspapers were black and white in those days. Seeing a picture of the United team in the paper, and the names of the players missing, killed, injured, and I did in fact cry. I, I couldn't say, you know, it, you know, it just knocked me for six, anything like that. And then these were the morons that make fun about the, the, the Munich plane crash. Like I said, I want the bloody heads boiling. It's, I can't it's, stand it. No, it's, it's, it's nice that. of you to, 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 to hear that. Of, of them players from the, the Munich team, I'm obviously too young to remember them. Yeah. Which ones were decent players? Well, there, there was um, uh, Duncan Edwards, who would have played in the 1966 World Cup, had he survived. But his injury, he, he didn't die till a fortnight later. And uh, it wasn't a question of whether he'd play football again or, or as to whether he'd ever, ever walk again had he survived, you know. But there was eight uh, killed. Matt Busby damn well nearly died. It was his, he, he nearly lost his leg, you know. And he was a great player for City, Busby, yeah, wasn't he? Was, yeah. And there was uh, Frankie Swift, who was uh, a yeah. goalkeeper who was travelling as a journalist. Yeah. There was only two, uh, two journalists uh, survived uh, that, and all the others were killed. And Frankie Swift was one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Thank such, you. Such is life, you know. Yeah. Thank you for your time. It's lovely to speak to you. Take yeah. care. All right. Um, I didn't quite expect that conversation to go like that. Uh, I, I've seen um, pictures of the fella, and it's a bit of a figure of fun for, for Manchester United fans. And I let him talk. I didn't load the questions there. Uh, and fair play to him, what he said. Um, I don't disagree with anything um, that, that, that he said there. It's taken me back a bit, to be honest, what, what he's just said there. So, and he had no idea I was a United fan, by the way. I'm almost certain of that. And I, I didn't tell him I was a United fan either. I think his words, well, he said what he said, and they are to be respected. I'm outside the main entrance of Manchester City Football Club. Behind me is the little athletic stadium, or the mini boot camp, as it was once called. It seats 6,000, uh, but it's got a running track around it, so it's not great for football, and City built another stadium. You've seen some of the VIP supporters turn up in blacked-out vans, the security whisk them straight through. So you might have someone like Ed Woodward coming through, uh, and they're dropped off basically by the front door but there's a big crowd of people waiting to see who gets out of each of the vans there's a couple of the ticket lads here and it's better tickets um, when the city fans see who's got out of the car they if they recognise them there's usually a reaction there's a magazine which is being given away here Something called Pickles, issue 12, by the fans, for the fans. Don't know what it is. Can't really offer a judgment. Don't know if it's good or bad. Loaded with adverts or genuinely by the fans rather than some Cockney Media advertising agency. So I'm now walking against um, a wave of City fans, which uh, isn't the best thing for me to be doing. There's rock music coming out of the speakers by the main front door can't get over the number of people with half and half scarves on it's not just it's not just tourists um, where we are now is the Sky TV trucks I'm walking right now to the United end 
and uh, the Sky TV trucks. I came to the Derby last year, and uh, with Gary Neville, who climbed out of the, saw him climb out of his car by the Sky TV trucks, and he disappeared into him. But he was City fans were all right with him, but they weren't at first. He once got spat at walking into the ground because City fans hated him because he was so red, so united. Just beyond the boundary, you can see uh, Beswick towards Greymare Lane, some of the old old pubs. There's uh, the United section coming up now. Obviously, this ticket was a very hard ticket to get hold of. I think it's the United section because they might have changed it, but I don't think they have. Um, no, this, this is a new stand, so the United section's part of that. Uh, there's a little group of kids breakdancing um, probably to raise money you see them at Old Trafford sometimes if they're any good I'm sure they get money and if they're not well maybe they won't do so I'm going to leave you now before the game um, join up after the game I'll probably speak to some other people probably speak to some journalists who knows who I'm going to speak to that's the beauty of these podcasts Wherever we may wander, we encounter people along the way. So the mood at the moment is that City fans have probably got more reason to be optimistic about the Derby than United fans. And that's because United have not been playing very well. Close to kick-off time. I'm just outside the away end. I've just bumped into Dave Wallace. Dave's done... King of the Kipaks, the long-standing City fanzine since 1988, I think. I'm sure he'll correct me if I'm wrong. September. Thanks for, September yeah. 88, is that yeah. when you joined it? Away at Barnsley. Yeah. Away at Barnsley. Yeah. City were a very different club to, then to what they are now. Oh, very different, yeah. But it's still the same feelings, you know. It's yeah. still the same distress when you lose. and uh, it's more. Well, it's slightly worse now because we were used to losing in those days more often. So it wasn't a major disaster, which it is now, you know. So that's that's the thing that's changed, really. But still the same old city, still the same daft faces who go to all the away games, you know, even though we are attracting new fans from everywhere. How do you feel about that? Um, I'm quite happy with it, really. It's You've got to move on, aren't you? I'm a bit of a dinosaur myself, I suppose, but... I think you've got to move on and we've got to welcome all the new fans that have come in. For years, City fans would use that as a stick to beat United fans with, saying, you know, you're all from Singapore, that sort of stuff. Ah, that's right, yeah. yeah. But United were doing it when uh, other clubs weren't doing it, you know. So we're just, we're just catching up now and that's the way it is, you know. Foreign owners everywhere. Even Leicester's got a Thai owner, haven't they? So, you know, that's the way football's going and, you know, I just thought we build that other stand and we can start filling, filling that as well. And... It was the right decision to build that stand. It's full, isn't it? You, I just said earlier on the podcast, you're going to move into the top 10 best-supported teams for your home average in world football this year, 53,000. You've been going for years. Can you ever remember the average crowd being that high? It's never been that high, has it? Never, ever, I don't no, think. No, Even no. just after the war, I think it was about 46,000 yeah. then. You know, But we, we do hold the record of 84,569, don't yeah. we? Yeah, <laughs> In the cup. So, so yeah... Uh, it's a magnificent stand. I thought it was just going to be a, a little trim stand like Sunderland and Newcastle have done. So I was amazed how big it was. And, you know, everybody who's just going in it, my kids go in it, my grandkids go in it, and they think it's great, yeah. So, Have you felt about this season? Has it For United fans, we've had, a, we've had a very poor season. But I speak to City fans and they're not overly convinced either. They're looking forward to Guardiola coming. We are really, yeah, yeah. But I think he's got a massive job to do when he comes. Everybody's been saying he's taking the easy option, but I don't think so. I think we need a massive overhaul. And it's been a very disappointing season for us. After winning the first five games, winning at Everton when we thought it was a real deal, then then they've lost eight at home, haven't they? So it once <laughs> perhaps we were kidded a bit, but we didn't expect such a great start. But, you know, that was a fantastic start and we should have built on that. I'm very disappointed overall. Nice to beat Liverpool in the final, though. Always, Especially on penalties. It's always nice to beat Liverpool. Unfortunately, yeah, Manchester United couldn't <laughs> in those last two games, so you're not catching me in the, the best frame of mind. Um, right. the, there's, um, the, the crowds are building up. I can see yeah. the fence dividing the home fans from the away ends. Uh, how do you think today will go, Dave? Um, I think we've got to win, Andy. We've got to win. We've got to pick up from the last few games. Norwich was awful. Kiev wasn't so good. We lost company. We lost 
you know, Otto Mendy. So we have to win this game uh, because we're looking over our shoulder at West Ham, yourself, Liverpool even, other clubs. So we've got to win 2-1 I'll go for. How has the Manchester derby and rivalry changed in your time? Um, I think today, looking round from, from, from me being younger in the uh, late 50s and early 60s, Main Road was always overrun with United fans on Derby Day, you know, and that was disappointing. Uh, but nowadays, uh, you know, because we, we'll get 50,000, you'll get 3,000, I feel much better about it. I feel much more comfortable in it all. And where are they coming from, the new supporters, from Manchester um, or further afield? Well, I think there's a lot coming from further afield, you know, and a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, kids have been attracted to City, whereas with the parents before, you know, why would you want to watch City when we were so awful? So this, this part of you miss the old city you know you mentioned at the start of this interview about going to Barnsley you take the bananas you, 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 you'd sell the mag and or yeah. you're just glad it's all gone uh, I'm glad it's all gone I'm <laughs> disappointed we don't sell as many now with 50,000 as what we did with 18,000 but you know that's that's progress and I never enjoyed the old typical city you know because that's not my personality is not that. If we were losing 6-0 playing football, I still thought we'd, you know, try and get a few goals and make it uh, make it acceptable. When I played with your granddad, that is Andy, of course. Yeah, you, <laughs> you know, we passed away a couple of years I do, ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I must say, I was 16 and he was 35 when I played for him at VOC. Was he a player? Oh, definitely, yeah. You could tell he was from uh, the Mitten family. Well, he, he played professional. Yeah, you know? did he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, this was the end of his career. Of yeah, course. well, yeah. Um, Charlie was obviously the best of the three brothers. Course, yeah. But John and, and Sam, my granddad, both played professional. Yeah. Yeah. And when he died two years ago, um, I wrote to the clubs who he played for in Northern Ireland. Um, right. He actually earned more money going to Northern Ireland to play for Portadown and Ballymena. Right. And they sent me a whole collection of cuttings back. And it was like that moment in the, the J.R. Hartley moment in the, the yep. Yellow Pages advert. Yep. And they sent me pictures of my granddad when he was 17. Right. And it was like, this young centre-forward's come over from Manchester, 17 years old, scored two goals, looks a real handful. And <laughs> it was just wonderful. And, and you played against him. I'm no, we played with him. Yeah, yeah you played yeah. with him. Yeah. For BLC. Yeah, yeah. Well, lovely to speak to you, Dave. Okay, Obviously, Andy, I hope yeah, you don't get, get a result today, but it's well, always nice to see you. Oh. Five minutes after the final whistle, and you... Through remaining United fans, the singing will never die. Uh, there's been a little bit of trouble by the segregation on the lower tier between some City and United fans, but police seems to have kept control. And United won, can you believe it? Uh, as I said at the start of the podcast, I was so pessimistic, but I think I also said you never quite know with one of Van Hal's teams. Um, United played very well today. Marcus Rashford. Um, Mancunian, the only Mancunian on the pitch, scoring a winning goal, an early goal. Took it very well. Unlucky not to be awarded a penalty as well. Grafted is not soft throughout. Um, United had good players all over the pitch. I thought Michael Carrick played well. De Gea, but I didn't have as much to do as I expected. Uh, Chris Smalling recovered from quite a poor start to have a good game. And well, we've beaten City away 1 0. Real surprise of a result. And puts United right back in contention for the Champions League qualification next year. The ground's just empty now. There's probably 500 United fans left in it on the bottom tier. They were absolutely buzzing, singing away, telling City fans to go back to Stockport, going for the United songbook. Oh, what fun it is to see United win away. We saw Liverpool fans the other night having a great time at Old Trafford. Now it's a, today belongs to United. Thanks to Marcus Rashford. I just watched the players leave the pitch. Carrick was buzzing. Uh, Van Hal and Ryan Giggs waited for all the players to walk off and individually um, shook their hands. Bit of a hug for Marcus Rashford, 18 years old, and the cameras were following him. So I'm going to go down and see what the managers say now. Um, very, very, very good result. Uh, although City have not been playing well, but United have been playing even worse. And we continue life under Van Hal where you never ever know what's coming next when you most expect to win you lose when you expect to lose like today United win uh, overall it's not good enough there's no doubt about that but today it just shows how the uh, one victory can, can lift the mood so let's see what both the managers say
Well, 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 both of them has muscle injury. It's Rahim in his groin and uh, Joe in his calf. Is it likely they'll be fit for England? I don't think that the muscle injury you're going to be fit in one week. Normally, always have three or four weeks, so I don't think that they can play. And just finding how much of a blow is it for your side today in the race for the top four? Well, it's important. It's not necessary because we continue in the fourth position and we have to play another 20, 24 points. So it's very important to try to be focused on the next game. I am not unhappy with the performance of the team. I don't think that we deserve to lose. We have 26 attempts to, the, to their goal. We dominate the game. We miss the clear chances to score, but unfortunately we are not scoring in the last game. So it's important to try to continue with the same spirit and arrange some problem in the way that we are attacking and the way we are defending. Next question, just here, please. No, I don't think that I lose any control. If you see the attitude of the team today, it reflects that they are involved in what we want to do. Of course, it's not the best way to finish the season, and maybe one thing is linked with the other one. But I repeat, I am happy with the attitude that, that for me is very important of the team, of the, all the players, so they are focused in this season and they want to finish as near the top of the table as we can. Sorry? Previous four seasons, you've had 61 points at this stage, 67, 62, and 70. At the moment, you've got 51 points. Every season is different. Pardon? Every season is different. No, but can you, can you explain perhaps why there's. No, I'm talking, I, I think that we are talking in this press conference about the game that we play at Manchester United today. Sure I can't explain. You can't explain? No. In opposition to I repeat, we are talking about the game that we played today. Finished. If you have an answer about the game, I answer you. If you not, I will answer you. You have all the right to ask what you want. I have all my right to answer what I want. And don't for lack of respect, you have no respect. Finish. Now, yeah, but we continue in the fourth position. We have another 24 points to play, so. Every game is different. I don't think that we saw today in Manchester United that play better than our team. So I continue trusting that we are going to be in the, in the fourth, first position. Well, is it fair to say that um, Rashford just had too much for Danny Kellis today? He was just too good for him? I don't think so. I think that uh, was a mistake in the first goal. I don't remember really a lot of games of, or options that has Rashford or Manchester United. I think they had just one after the goal and nothing more during the whole game. Okay, anyone else? Because I think the, he was nervous, he was not in a good day, he was nervous, it was the mistake that he was doing. We Unfortunately, we had to make the, the change of the goalkeeper also, so we had one change more. And that, for me, was important to take a risk to put in Fernandinho back and play with Bonnie. Okay, questions, please. Uh, Louis, how important is that result for you in the battle for the top four? And do you see Manchester City as being vulnerable in that position? Um, I, I have said in advance already uh, for the television uh, that we must win this game. And we have done it, so I'm, I'm very happy because otherwise the gap was too big when they won or a draw is still four points, eight matches to go. Then it should be very difficult. Now it is in our own hands, I think. Uh, we have to win our games. We have more uh, home matches than away matches. We don't lose so much uh, on Old Trafford, so we have a big chance. 
as far as Marcus Rashford's concerned, how soon do you think it will be before we see him here in the full England squad? In? In the full England squad. I, I don't want to interfere uh, and uh, we don't have uh, we don't have to uh, exaggerate uh, neither he's young uh, he's good otherwise I, I don't let him stay and I let him stay there and uh, last week uh, were questions why I let him stay in the media and now I get the question of he has to play in a national team. So I am consistent. You don't. Was the vulnerability of City centre-backs something you targeted today? Because Dima Kalos was all over the place. Obviously, that's been recently. Yeah, but these questions you have to ask uh, to Mr. Pellegrini. And not to me. I, I don't judge the opponent. I uh, judge my own players. And uh, I, I think that we have played a, a, a fantastic first half. And in the second half, we started again very good. Uh, we had the first chances. And after that, it was uh, a uh, test of survival. Because uh, we were very tired. We have to recover within two days. That is nearly not possible, and especially not when you play a game against Liverpool like we have done. We have given everything to beat Liverpool, and then uh, we have to play City. And you have seen, for example, uh, at the result in, in Southampton, half-time 0-2, final time 3-2. So, I don't have seen the match, but... I can only conclude that it is because of the tiredness, and that is uh, what we have done to them. And my players has fought till the end with cramp, <laughs> Marcus Rashford also, and still he could, could run with cramp. I never have seen that. Yeah, uh, I have seen the dressing room uh, after the match, and it was uh, fantastic to see the, the the happiness and and yeah, I don't think that we have had uh, a lot of luck uh, this season, and now we have a big result I think in uh, uh, Man City in Etihad Stadium, uh, winning one point behind, equal with West Ham United, so. More home uh, matches than away matches, so you have a big possibility. So, and 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 the players feel that. And I can only give a compliment to all the players that they uh, could uh, give this. And I'm very happy for the fans, of course, because for the fans means it also a lot to win against City. Hello, how do you assess his play today? Because he seems to be at the heart of everything good. He was involved in the, the goal. And was that one of his best displays in Manchester United? No, I don't have to uh, say that too, too, too loud. Because the last time that I said uh, I'm very happy for Morgan Snyderly, after that he, he played uh, not so well uh, the match after that. But today he played a very good match. He was uh, a lot of times... Uh, 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 available to receive the pass, but also defensively was very uh, firm and strict. And uh, he played also a very important uh, position in midfield. So I was very happy, and especially because yeah, I have to ro rotate because Fellani uh, could not uh, play the fourth match in a row. So I was very happy. Yeah, Schweinsteiger back too. Is that a big problem? Yeah, Schweinsteiger. No, you have seen how, how uh, Rojo is struggling. I, I say that every week. I didn't uh, uh, build him up in training sessions and also not in the second team. It's the same thing with Schweinsteiger. Uh, 10, uh, 20 minutes. Uh, today also 20 minutes. Yeah, 
he needs uh, more training sessions and more uh, minutes. I hope that he shall receive that in the German uh, national team because for, for us is that very good. Okay, last question. What? Will Wayne, Wayne be ready for the next game? Next Manchester United game? I don't know. I don't know. First, he has to uh, recover and then he has to build up his uh, condition like uh, the other players has to do. But he is not. Uh, Schweinsteiger was two months uh, away. It is also dependable how many weeks a player is away. Darmian was also not uh, long away, but still he had cramp. And that is a very uh, fit, athletic player, but still he struggles because the rhythm is so high. Yeah, I think from from uh, out of the bench scene, yeah, I think it uh, it was a penalty, but but a referee has to decide in one second. That's difficult. We have to go to a video ref. And I, I'm saying that already for 20 years, but uh, now with a new board uh, in the FIFA, maybe, we shall get it. Okay, guys, thank you. Back down, Joe Mercer way, feeling in a very different mood to how I did before the game. Loads of City fans cursing the luck, cursing everything. But United won the game. Just saw Mr. Crerand, and he's as happy as Mr. Crerand can be. Uh, although he wasn't overly impressed by the quality of the game of football, but I think the result matters. And I've just written a piece about Marcus Rashford, 18 years old, uh, five games now in eight, five goals in eight games. Scored the winner in a Manchester derby. The only Mancunian on a pitch, brilliant, and got other important goals as well. Um, you just heard Van Hal, you just heard Pellegrini. Uh, Good, 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 good. So, back to my car. The end of a happy day. I'm going to pass you over to Steve and the lads now, who were in the Nags Ed pub in Manchester. Might go and join them. It's post match after City 1. No, it wasn't City 1, was it? It was City 0. City 0, Manchester United 1. I should, uh, should re-record that, but it sounds actually quite funny, so I won't do. Uh, we're in a pub in central Manchester, uh, a well-known United pub, and uh, it's been a bit untidy, actually. It's just been... Uh, well, it's just kicked off, and it's all kicking off everywhere, but uh, in amongst all of that, we've just walked back into town after uh, a much-needed win for United and a much-needed win for the support more than it was the football club. Um, I'm surrounded by a couple of lads who uh, have been to the game today. We're going to have a quick chat with them. Uh, Dan, you happy I, with that? I don't think any of us foresaw that level of performance that level of performance today um, all right, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't vintage United but what it was was we, we played attacking football and when, when we needed to we defended well so you know did you what, see what, that result coming either? no did I bollocks did I bollocks I didn't see that at all I, I went to the game today resigned to the fact that I expected for them to beat us so you know last five ten minutes I was kicking every ball I was defending with, with, it, was just, it was great it was and fantastic. jumping on fences I heard <laughs> well you know and, and spitting at people amazing that, that went down when we were leaving was one of the best moments Dan jumping on that fence um, do you know what really got action at times but we were, I can't believe how bad they were but Rashford if we look after him he's a gem of a player because seriously the composure he's retired Demichaelis there Demichaelis is finished after that the way he's on his arse and all, all I did was basically I saved Billy's life we're all gooning away and I just saved him can I just say I thought Anthony Martial was exceptional oh, that, that guy and when he went down to that corner towards the end and we're all going go to the corner he just sagged he was destroyed absolutely destroyed a bit like Billy on that, on that goal I'd love to be more eloquent, but I can't. That was fucking ace, to be honest. That's what United's about. No one give us a kind hell's chance. We went there. They was even shitter than us, but you know, ass, we got the win. Fucking superb. And Joe Hart going off. Amazing. Right, well, here comes the podcast, I told you so moment. Drew? Yeah. Well, 
I told my, I did, well, go on then, I told you so. Only the fact that City are worse than United, but nobody bothers about that, so they get away with it. But Deserved? Oh, well, yeah, I suppose so, and yeah, definitely. A rare ray of sunshine in what's normally been a garbage season. Absolutely fucking brilliant. Anthony Martial, fantastic. Today, just fucking brilliant from start to finish. Martial was just bossed it. The whole team, why don't they turn up like that more often? That was just magic, fucking brilliant. Uh, Rashford for me, cool, calm, collected, took his goal, 18 years old, you know what I mean? Um, I feel that, you know, Louvain God has t- taken a bit from him, kind of thing, you know what I mean? It, you know, a few people slating him and stuff like that, but I tell you what, today, he was beautiful. Ran down all the balls, ran down everything he, you know, he had, and he had a fantastic game. Does it change anything from a Van Gaal and a match? No, definitely not. Definitely not. All he'll do is ruin the kids. If he's left with them... In fairness to him, though, I'll give him his due. He very rarely gets beat in big games, Van Gaal. So... I agree with Drew completely. He very, rarely, he very, very rarely gets beat in big games. He's just, just he, got, he got beat in a big one about a week and a half. Well, yeah. That. Well, all right. In the leagues, in the in the in the, in the league, then he, you know he he just has, has this knack of being able to do it. It's just against a smaller team. Should, shouldn't say smaller teams. The lesser the lesser sides where he where his downfall is, and that's where it's killed him, and that's what's ruined his I, his, I, his I, tenure. You know, I got the impression that. The players did that for us, not for Van Gaal. Yeah, you could see that at the end. I basically, they kept, they was not interested in him or anything else. Pet, straight over. Michael Carrick's reaction in the game was just pure. He just he come over and all right, he's he's had a lot of shit recently, but he walked over there and it was you could see it in him, the passion and the, and the pride of of that result. And the hair, the hair as well. He, he took his time getting over. He shook everyone's hand, and when he did come over, he, he loved it. He was that buzzing. Noise, that he was buzzing. Came over. That noise of the hair came over was a, that was a moment. Might be his last derby, that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I can't wait. He kept saying every time City shot, he went wide. Well, then he would say to me, "Go, Romeo would put that in his own net." If it was his last, if it was his last derby, then you know. He had very little yeah, to do. Yeah, I think one, one to one, where he just sat on it near the end of the first half. Yeah. Other than that, didn't have a great deal to do. For those that don't understand the importance of the Manchester derby, yeah. right? Or uh, somebody else. Well, yeah. Apart from that, <laughs> like, why is this your biggest game of the year, mate? Because it's City. I fucking hate him. I, I hate everything about him. They're just, they're our fucking noisy neighbours. They're a small club that we all grew up fucking laughing at and proper. You know, we used to we used to sit there and watch them drop into the second tier and just think, you just, you just, fuck, yeah, yeah, you're just dicks. You're not us and you, you want to be as, as much as you can, but it'll never happen. Fuck off. When you come back, fuck off again. And then after all the trouble that we, all our chance Liverpool fans, I got called Munich about four times just walking to the game. They hate us so much. The bitterness just comes out and it's brilliant to beat them. Better than anything else. Better. I'm quite sure that woman isn't like that in normal life. <laughs> I like the bitterness though. That's what it should be like, shouldn't it? I mean, I've grown up hating them. You said, you said to in the ground, it was pretty, it, like the vitriol was yeah, just up it was there. Great. It was great. Especially City fans running to the fence and falling into our end and getting panned. I heard about that. He got a scene to. Oh yeah, he got a proper scene to. Fell straight in. Young kid come charging over, giving it a big one, and stumbled and actually finished up in our end. Got fucking hammered. What it, why is the Manchester derby the big game for you? Because because they're, they're all a bunch of cunts, and we've just been beat by the worst United team in 25 years. So they could all. I just hate them. That everything about them makes the skin crawl. They hate us, and they're becoming everything they hate about us. Every every single day, they become more and more like like us. They want to just. I fucking hate them. I just absolutely fucking hate them. And that tonight. Uh, what do you feel about them? What do you really feel about them, Woody? Make the skin crawl. They just come in work on a Monday morning, and they all maybe they come in. But a Manchester City fan has to make themselves known. They'll come on in a little hat with a badge on and a little t-shirt with a emblem on and I'll tell you what tomorrow morning we'll be coming anywhere near my fucking work it's not like you were sitting on the fence there to be fair with <laughs> um, were you surprised at how shit City were? no I told you before the game they've been as bad as us all season 
but you get away with it because it's safe and nobody really cares. Defense, defensively, they were shy, um, which which is what obviously allowed us into the game. Um, everywhere else, I just thought, you know, Aguero again was a, was an handful as he always is, and, and he's, he's a danger. Um, Silver, we, we gave him five. Aguero's much. a danger. Yeah, yeah, he's a fucking danger. He's a danger to he's done everybody. He's a fucking danger. Cheers, cheers for that. Um, but but fair play, like I said, last ten minutes, I think like every every other United fan, we were kicking every ball out of that box every time we're in. We defended well. Smalling, he's had his he's had his critics recently. Tonight he was he was awesome. He was right, here's a question for everyone. Really blind. Here's a question. Does that make up for getting dumped out by Liverpool? No. Um, a little bit, but. Yeah, probably for me. Nothing, nothing beats winning there. Nothing beats it. And the best thing is Neil Mullen being insulted by Kevin Cummins on stage. <laughs> I, 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 no, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm torn. I, I love beating them, but I love beating City. But it's, it's, you know, that that Europa thing with Liverpool. It's just they're just cunts, aren't they? If it was anything other than the Europa League the other night, I'd have probably been more wound up about it. But the fact it was that this surpasses it today what sums City up for me we all have rivals at different clubs but we know fans who speak sense that doesn't happen with City you do not speak meet fans what speak rationally Liverpool fans do or do with anyone else not a blue they speak shit I do but I don't care it's more that <laughs> one last question um, obviously we're going to go on and enjoy our night now even though the pubs appears to be shutting down around us um, it's been all over the press today that Mourinho uh, assigned a pre-contract blah 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 uh, would that do you? just say yeah uh, or no? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah 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 at this, yeah. Uh, this moment yeah 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 definitely right now yeah not long so we beat City and it looks as if everything's a little bit rosier in the garden again where do we go next? We've got a bit of time off now international break haven't we? home to Everton home to Everton at home all great fucking brilliant yeah, you're, you're, you go out with another Tony don't you? I do yes so yeah you're a so we need we need to win otherwise my life will be a fucking misery yeah. Christ anyway, anyway right, right uh, that, we'll wrap it up here that's uh, post match after the Manchester Derby City Hill United one uh, we've, not had a, we've not had a win there for two or three years so we'll, uh, we'll take that and uh, everyone seems to be for once in a good mood so uh, hope you enjoyed listening to uh, listening to the post-match for once after a number of away games this year where it's been doom and gloom we haven't got a massive big journey on the coach home but uh, we're going to have some fun uh, next podcast will be after the next game and uh, we'll be back soon cheers